Hello again. How's everybody doing? Um, I'm sitting in the woods right now. And a little bit of good news. I found my tree again. <laughs> and um, he wasn't too damaged by the wind. So I'm sitting in him right now. And um, the air is really heavy. And it's uncharacteristically warm, you know, if we compare today to yesterday, where I am. And this leads me to believe that it will at some point start raining. And I will have to go inside and pick up the recording with a different type of background noise going on. Um, and before we jump into today's topic... I wanted to add the smallest tidbit, something that I forgot to mention in last episode, um, in particular when we're talking about names, and that is to Google, Google the names that you give your characters, Google the names that you give your places, because um, the world is very big and, you know, you, you want to be aware of what is associated with the name that you have chosen. But that's it. And um, I think today's talk is going to be a little bit more actionable than last episode. Last episode was a lot of ideas and places to look for inspiration when world building. But it was much more... I don't know, it was kind of like a mood board, I guess. Think about this, think about this, you know. But there wasn't that much that was actually, okay, now do this. Um, and today's episode is, I think, um, a very difficult topic for a lot of writers. And um, that is the sharing of your work with other people. So you've written a rough draft, let's say. Um, and maybe you've read through it three or four times to, you know, catch the obvious errors. But you know, and I know, that there are things that you as the writer will not be able to see when looking at your own work much like um, a parent can sometimes not see the flaws of their child. <laughs> and if we want to get real psychological, much like the way a child can often overlook the flaws in their parent. <laughs> but let's put all of those emotions to one side um, and talk about sharing your work. It is a very scary thing, <laughs> um, particularly if you've spent a lot of time on the piece. And it is kind of that push the bird out of the nest sort of thing where you could stay forever with this piece that you think you would enjoy reading if someone else wrote it. Um, but that you're still afraid to show other people. 
And there's really actually only one piece of advice, which is to jump, to do it, to give it to somebody. Ideally, somebody who reads this type of writing. Um, ideally, somebody that you know well enough to ask such a favor of. And... Um, somebody that's going to be honest with you for my first two books those are the two that I have given in completion to somebody I gave them to my sister my younger sister because um, she reads a lot in that genre and she's wicked smart um, and younger siblings love to <laughs> younger siblings have no problem telling you what's what and I had given it to her in the form of a Google Doc, which is something that I, I think I highly recommend because I found it so easy to, um, to work with because of the add a comment feature where you can highlight the text and then a comment will appear next to the highlighted text the person's thoughts or opinion or note or you know it could be something simple like this sentence doesn't really flow easily um, it could be something like I'm having difficulty picturing this in my mind's eye it could be something like I wish we had spent more time here because I felt there was more to explore um, and it can also be larger issues you know developmental issues um, something along the lines of okay I get that this person is the villain but I don't get why if they're so smart they would have done this this doesn't seem right given everything else that has happened um, and I think as well when you're first sharing your work with somebody don't don't not your parents because your parents love you way too much um, Unless they are an editor, let's say. Unless your parent is like, no, this is what I do. Then, yeah, that's the exception to the rule. Um, I think when sharing the work, it's important to ask for these kind of notes and make it clear that you want to hear these sort of things. You know, give this person the confidence to tell you what they think, what they actually think. Which again is terrifying, but th there's no way around it. It's got to be done. Um, and I was a little bit lucky in my situation with my sister because uh, she's currently studying in university and she often sends me her essays to look over before she submits them. So we kind of had this relationship where for quite some time I had been giving her notes on the things that she was writing. Um, so it was, I think, easier for her to tell me what she thought. But I think what you're gonna find is this person, whomever you choose, is likely going to um, point out things that you probably already knew that maybe you, you fast forward or you sped a bit 
while you were working on that piece because you wanted to get to the next scene, that little chunk. And yeah, you should go back and flesh that out a little bit. Or yeah, this part is a little slower, it's taking a bit longer because that's likely how you felt while you were writing it. But I think what you're also going to find is that the encouragement you needed to share this piece with strangers um, is going to find its way to you. Where there are parts that this person you choose really enjoyed. And they will put those in the comments because Again, they're critiquing your work. They, that's uh, something that I have done for a lot of people, and I still do as as part of my my job. I do this. Um, it's quite hard to just give, um, like abrasive, fix this, fix this, fix this, kind of notes. Um, I think it's it's in our nature to, while we're editing something for somebody, point out the things that we really liked the things that are really strong, the things that um, the writer should be proud of, you know? I love this bit here. I love this character. I love the feeling of being with them. In fact, I want to see more of them, you know? Um, And I had asked my sister to even put notes that were not at all actionable, just her thoughts and feelings as she was reading the text. And this was incredibly helpful to sit and and see what it was like for somebody experiencing all of this for the first time, the things that they would wonder about, the questions they had. Um, you know, surely this guy is also doing this at the same time, right? Am I crazy? That's what I'm thinking as I'm reading this. Those kind of notes are very fun to read and incredibly helpful, I think. So that, in and of itself, that is step one. You know, show it to somebody who knows a little bit about what you're writing. You know, they read this genre, or they often read this type of character. No, no, no. Someone that's going to be honest with you. And somebody that you're close enough with that, you know, it's not going to be so terrifying. That's step one. And you get the work back and you tweak it and then you get to the scarier thing which is to share it with strangers (laughs) to share it with either people you're submitting the work to sharing excerpts online um, which those uh, fantasy whip march challenges have really forced me to do Um, And I think that's incredibly healthy. Um, But like I said, it's also scary. And um, in particular, I think social media is is very handy uh, for this step because it's kind of like a baby step. It's not sharing the entire manuscript. You know, there's there's dozens of ways you can do this. I know there's a hashtag, One Line Wednesday, on Instagram. 
and I assume there's equivalents on Twitter. I know I probably should get on Twitter with this uh, project that I'm working on now. <laughs> I just find because that, that's where all the writers seem to be. They seem to be hanging out on Twitter. But it's so easy to get caught up and get lost in Twitter and spend hours reading hilarious, you know, fragments of ideas and debating whether or not it is appropriate to retweet them in case a boss or or somebody whose opinion you, you need to be a certain way of you stumbles upon you, your account. Um, but maybe I'll... Maybe I'll figure out how to to manage that. Um, but these little mini posts are a good way to take a step without, you know, plunging yourself completely into the sharing your work with a stranger. And as well, um, I'm probably going to update this sort of thread when I begin to get notes from a, a proper, like, I say proper, a professional editor. Um, I've got another beta reader looking at the first book right now. Um, so I'll leave it where it is for the moment. But I will likely pick this topic back up and uh, update you guys on how it's going and what I assume is the new level of fear that involves showing your work to a professional because I haven't yet chosen an editor. As a side note, <laughs> looking for an editor, someone into um, low fantasy novels in particular and I'm not actually quite sure if the book is or the books plural are for young adults or not that's something I need to iron out and um, that's something that maybe actually people could give their opinion on in a, a message or a comment um, in book one the main character is 16 so my first instinct is that yes it is for young adults because they're the same age as the character. That being said, there are a lot of things in the book that, you know, maybe parents wouldn't want their children to read. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of sex. Um, there's a lot of alcohol consumption. A little bit of drug use and um, some kind of mature themes so let me know if you think well like because teenagers like to read that sort of thing I know but that's still a, a question mark for me you know what age is the target audience for this book um, The other thing I wanted to talk about today to kind of counterbalance the uncomfortable statement that you need to be sharing your work with other people. 
um, is something that's quite fun that has happened to me and I assume has happened to a lot of other writers and that is when you've spent however much time writing about a certain idea or a certain experience and for whatever reason that experience seems to pop up in your life and I, I don't know what to call this um, but it's happened to me in many different ways and I'll, I'll talk about one way in particular um, in my book there is a lot of time spent at sea and to be more specific there's a lot of time where one girl, Mira, the main character, is at sea, knowing almost nothing about seafaring, surrounded by men who have spent their entire lives on a ship. And for some strange reason, while I was writing book two, which um, is in particular one that they spend a large chunk of time at sea. Uh, the people in my friend group, the men in particular, um, sort of brought this experience about for me, uh, and they didn't even know at this time that I was writing a book about this. I had one friend join the Navy, and I had another friend invite us to his family uh, summer cottage in Maine, and we spent a lot of days um, on the boat in the water, and the guys were teaching me, you know, I guess how to drive it, I don't know what the, the proper modern term is. Um, And I guess maybe, as a side note, much like Mira, I often find myself surrounded by only men. It's very hard to keep women in, in my social group, and, and quite often the men that I hang out with will date women, and they will be around for, you know, maybe a few months, maybe a few weeks, and for whatever reason it doesn't work out and the girls are gone again, and it's just me with all the guys. Um, it's kind of an inside joke at this point where I, I don't have any children yet. I haven't been that lucky. I really hope to one day. But people always tell me that it's just my luck. I will have a whole bunch of sons and I will still be finding myself in old age, surrounded by men. And what's really fun about those weeks that I spent at sea was that without knowing it, uh, my friends were teaching me things that would later be incorporated into the book you know there's this kind of feedback loop 
where in particular one of my friends, the friend who joined the Navy, I found myself quite stuck when it came to a military strategy in my story. I had a character that I knew was quite intelligent and I knew he would have a great plan but I had no idea what this plan was. Um, And as I said in the previous episode, I've read a lot about history but my personal interests had kept me mostly studying battles on land. And I sat him down and I said, so, I want you to pretend that you are in this scenario. And I broke down the layout of land and where each of the armies were and how many ships they commanded and you know kind of gave him the lay of the land it's really cold right now so if you can hear me shivering I'm sorry and hilariously he gave me exactly what I needed which wasn't at all what I thought I needed. Where he told me, this is also a very, very intelligent person that I'm speaking about. This guy is like my sister, he's wicked smart. He said, oh, it's far too soon to start making any of these decisions. What I would do if I was in this situation is try to answer some of these questions you know, your characters don't yet know X, Y, and Z. They need to figure it out. And in particular, he suggested that he would send one ship to basically spy, to gather information. And this guy is a military guy. I looked at him as he was explaining the kind of espionage mission that he was suggesting. And I said, yeah, but what happens if the ship that we send on this mission is discovered by the enemy? And he didn't blink. He didn't hesitate at all. He said to me, then we lose the ship. And that exact conversation, little does he know it, is in book three. I believe it's book three. And there's a couple other things that I've asked his advice on that I won't get too much into because it gets into spoiler realm. But over time, one of the characters in the book became more and more like my military buddy. I have a lot of examples of my 
writing becoming real in my life. But one funny one is there is a character who in book two breaks his ribs in a battle with some pirates. And the main character is kind of tending to him and he laughs at her and says, don't, you don't got to worry. I've broken these same ribs three times before. This is something that I knew happened. Certain injuries will repeat themselves. You know, you have that friend that always breaks his collarbone in the same spot. And as I was typing this in a dark room all by myself, I get a phone call from my dad. And he had just broken his ribs at the exact moment I was writing it. And he's all right now. Um, But this consistently seems to happen and it's something that can be very fun but also sometimes a little bit scary where you have a conversation with a group of people and you're like this is so strange I was literally writing about this 20 minutes before you came over and I'm not quite sure what that phenomenon is maybe It's one of those, you know, you buy a red car and suddenly you see way more red cars of the same make and model everywhere you go. But it is quite a fun part of writing. And actually, it would be kind of cool to get a whole bunch of writers together and compile examples of this. Because I have a couple friends um, that also write. Most of them write... um, screenplays they write or television shows they're in the film industry and this happens to them a lot as well oh maybe that's a good idea for an episode get a bunch of writers together and talk about that that could be fun Another example of this very strange phenomenon um, was brought about Labor Day weekend last year. I don't know if other countries have Labor Day weekend, but it's, it's a long weekend, either the very end of August or the very beginning of September in Canada. And it, it's quite common for people to go to the cottage or the cabin or camping or something like this. Um, because they have the the extended weekend, they have the three-day weekend, and also it's getting close to the time where it's too cold to really enjoy these sorts of activities. And I went with a friend to, (laughs) I guess it's like a a secret campground party that happens every year, Um, and how it works is once you have been invited to this family's plot of land 
for Labor Day weekend, only then are you allowed to invite somebody else the next year. And so over time it has grown. Um, and it was a lot of fun. But I spent the entire weekend hanging out at a giant bonfire talking to strangers. And I swear to God, every person I spoke to was in my novel in a way. Um, some of them quite literally. There was one guy who had just um, sold everything that he owns and bought a boat and was living at sea. And I talked to him a lot about this. And in particular, I talked to him about the parts of it that are uncomfortable that nobody talks about. So I got some um, grimy details about the seafaring life from him. Um, but there was one guy that I had spoken to quite early in the evening and we had had a very strange conversation which is, is perhaps a little too personal to get into and kind of left him needing a long, quiet walk in the woods. And later on in the night, he came back and he wanted to keep talking about what we had been speaking about. And he was quite tipsy at this point and was very open with me. And he was telling me about the experience of meeting his father for the first time. Um, his parents had been together when he was just a baby and they had split up and he didn't meet his father until he was 18 and earlier that day I had been writing about a child who um how do I say this without spoiling anything in the story? A child who had grown up not knowing his parents and was meeting one of them for the first time. That was literally what I was writing about the moment he came back and said, I want to keep talking. And eventually I told him, this is hilariously what I have been writing about and he gave me a lot of very interesting points. Some of the maybe less politically correct emotional responses he had to what was going on in his life when he met his father for the first time. You can definitely really hear me shivering. <laughs> and I guess in a weird way, this sort of experience that I'm talking about ties into the first part of this episode, which is sharing your work. You know, having conversations with people about what your characters are going through. 
can really flesh out certain ideas or can bring to your attention things that you hadn't even thought of that, you know, could add a level of realism to the piece that you're working on. For example, I had never thought about um, (laughs) going to the bathroom on this ship that my characters were living on. It was not something that I had written about. It never crossed my mind. Um, But this guy that I met at the bonfire who had been living, I think, the last six months at sea gave me something funny that is probably going to appear at some point in one of the books. All right. It is now far too cold (laughs) to keep sitting in this tree. And it seems like it's going to rain any second. Um, So I'm going to go back home and probably have a cup of tea and either watch The Crown season three or keep writing. I love The Crown. I should have put that as one of the references in the last episode. The Crown is next level and I'm only now just getting around to season three, but it is blowing my mind. I'm on season three, episode three right now. And the crown is, it's kind of actually a perfect example of what we were talking about this episode in the second half, because it is kind of the brutal truth of what a life of royalty actually entails. And I find myself, um, taking a lot of notes (laughs) as you may know my series is called The Making of Kings and while watching the show I cannot help but be struck by this overwhelming feeling that um, a crown is quite often a curse and it's almost sad and incredibly unfair that somebody just because of the family they were born into you know loses complete control over their own lives and is forced into a job forced into a lifestyle forced to constantly be performing it's really sad actually um And I find myself in the midst of writing exactly about that topic right now. So have a good evening. You know, keep washing your hands. Stay safe. And um, hopefully I will talk to you guys really soon. Peace out.